0: station, WJFF.
1: WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. One more
0: drink, one more song. It's Louis Setzer calling from Louis Setzer and the Appalachian Mountain Boys. I'd like to let everybody know they should listen to Hillbilly Heaven on WJFF Radio Catskill by Ron Petzka, who happens to be an excellent bass player and a really good disc jockey on the radio station. Please listen to him. That's Hillbilly Heaven, Saturdays from 2 to 3. Support comes from Two Queens, offering fresh roasted coffee, fine teas, and local honey. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. Coffee, tea, and bees. TwoQueensHoney.com Support comes from The Calicoon Theater, an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at www.thecalicoontheater.com
2: Good morning. Welcome to Catskill Character. I'm Donna Fellenberg, and my guest today is Sahiba Aliwalia. How does a dancer from India end up teaching yoga in the Catskills? Well, just like life, the answer to that question isn't exactly what you'd expect. Sahiba is India's version of the American Army brat in that her father served in the Army in India and Sahiba and her family moved frequently as he was posted all over India. Sahiba developed a passion for dance and hoped for the life as a dancer in New York City for a while it looked like that's exactly what she would be doing but life has a way of throwing us curveballs as I said and Sahiba is no exception let's get started and learn about this fascinating Catskill character whose life has been chock full of struggles and joy welcome to Catskill character Sahiba thank you you're quite the traveler as a child did you like moving around so much
1: I'm just so used to it that I don't know if I like it or not. It's just what it is. <laughs> right. It is what it is. Yeah.
2: So when you were going to high school in Delhi, your father was posted to Kashmir. What yeah. was different about that posting?
1: So Kashmir is not the safest place in India. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, I wish I could actually go there and... I wish tourism could pick up over there. But the problem is that uh, because of India and Pakistan, they have been fighting over Kashmir since the independence, mm. since Indian in- independence. So because of that, it's not safe for people to just be there. My father and my mother decided that the family was going to stay in Delhi, uh, in, again, army army quarters, because they had separated family ac- uh, accommodations, specifically for people, for uh, officers whose family couldn't come with them. So they decided that my dad is going to be there and brave that I guess and we would be in Delhi, finishing our schooling.
2: So how often did you get to see him during that period?
1: So in in the uh, Indian army, we get a lot of family time, actually. My father was allowed like two months of Casual leave. I could be wrong, maybe one month at least. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, besides that, also in India, we have a lot of holidays. So, because of that, some of them can be coupled up together and then a longer vacation.
2: Oh, that's great. So, after high school, you went on to college. What were you studying?
1: I was studying English in oh. college. It was something I was good at already. The reason I actually took English over anything else is because I was actually thinking between being a dancer, professional dancer and being a fashion designer so i actually got into a fashion school before i got into my other school which i actually went to finally
2: the dance that we're talking about is jazz and contemporary dance that's what your training is in what was that training like is is it different from the way we train dancers here in the states
1: my schedule was crazy busy when i was uh, dancing in india we used to train in the morning with our instructors so we used to have ballet classes we had contemporary classes we had jazz classes and after that, we used to have a little lunch break or whatever and then go straight to our studios where we would teach. Oh. So, yeah, it was like a full day. I used to work seven days a week. Sundays, I used to teach only one class in the morning. So that was sort of my day off. <laughs> and, yeah, so besides that, I used, to do, I used to work every day. I used to leave my home at 8 o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't be home till about ten thirty at night, sometimes 11 o'clock at night. I used to teach two or three classes a day in the evening, and then do my classes in the morning. And then between all of that used to be some performances and everything. So, yeah. (laughs) How
2: many years did you do that?
1: I think I started with that company, I think, in 2006, if I'm not mistaken. And then I moved to the States in 2011. So that's when I quit the company.
2: All that time. All that
1: time I was with that company. It was right after high school.
2: Yeah. But you had become a professional dancer because you were performing as well as continuing studying. Exactly.
1: So I used to teach. I used to perform. That was just the life of a dancer.
2: That seems like so much stress on your body.
1: It is, but also I was so young at the time. That's true. You know, uh, now I'm
2: looking at it from this old body. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so no, no, I have uh, like what I call old dancer's knees. Every now and then this is, uh, you know, when it's raining or when it's cold, <laughs> uh-huh. your knee is going to act up. And that's just every dancer has yeah. something in their body. That's not completely all there, you know, so you have those problems. But I was so young and my body was so... So tough at that time because Mm -hmm. of all of the work that I used to do.
2: Didn't you tell me that the only time you really got hurt was when you were play fighting (laughs) with one of your
1: friends? Yes. So, yeah, I had a neck problem for quite a bit of time. And it did not happen while I was dancing. (laughs) It was in the studio. And he picked up my legs and took me over my head. It was actually pretty funny. So I hurt myself so bad that day. And I was supposed to go teach after that. I didn't realize how bad I had hurt myself. Before... My class, I had gone to a coffee shop and my head was bowed down the whole time because I just couldn't lift it. And I guess I just looked like a really, really sorry sight. There was a table sitting next to me. And before they left, they made like a little note. Uh, saying that no li- life is not that difficult, cheer up <laughs> and stuff, and then they left it on my bin on my table and oh. left. And I was like, okay, but I still actually have that note in my wallet because oh, I just thought it was nice. it was a very sweet thing. It's completely shattered and tattered, but it's still there.
2: One of your friends got an audition for the Alvin Ailey Company and got into the company. Did, was, did that motivate you to? So she got into the, the, school, the school, the Alvin
1: Ailey School mm-hmm. uh, in New York, and it's. Any dancer anywhere in the world knows about Alvin Ailey School. She was a very good friend of mine, is still. And I remember just feeling a little sad about it, sort of envious.
2: I think that's normal. I was,
1: I mean, I was happy for her because she's such a good friend of mine. But just the fact that I was feeling like that also kind of made me question myself. I mean, I spoke to her about it later. She actually said, why can't you also come to, to New York? There are other schools also. You can, you can go to those schools or you can apply to Alvin Ailey yourself. That day, I decided, okay, I'm going to New York. And I literally went home, told my mother, I'm going to New York. My mom's like, all right. So between that day, deciding that and me actually leaving, about a month. Wow. Yeah. This is what I mean.
2: You make up your mind about something, it's going to happen, and you just keep rolling forward.
1: Luckily, I have a very supportive family. So if parents are supportive, you can pretty much do anything. Or at least you believe that you can do anything. So once you actually have that belief in your head that, okay, I can do whatever I want, you can go for it.
2: Exactly. I always think of being a parent as being an anchor. Mm -hmm. And your child has a, a long endless rope to go out yes but you are the anchor and as long as they're anchored Mm -hmm. they can they can go out yeah we're not going to just drift
1: into space exactly
2: so where did you end up dancing and continuing to train
1: so I went to this dance school called Perry Dance Center right Okay. in the city it's a beautiful space it's a very very old building which they've converted into this three-floor studio space so you have a lot of international students. They have an international student program. New York is the place for dancers. So you have people from all over the world, which is just beautiful. beautiful.
2: So you were really ensconced in New York. How the heck did you end up in the Catskills?
1: At my dance school, I was living in this place called West New York, which was right by the tunnel. Mm -hmm. So we had the whole view of Manhattan from our uh, bedroom windows and everything. It was a beautiful space. And I met this guy. He lived next door. He just came up to me and started talking to me one day. And I'm like, all right, he's kind of cute. So I started seeing him and we both just thought it's going to be like a short summer romance because he actually used to live up here. He was just in the city for a couple of months. He was doing a short drumming course in the city. So the plan was always that he was going to leave. So we just said, okay, well, let's just have fun right now. There was never any thought about, like, the future with us. But, well, that was seven years ago, and I'm still with him, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, you well, thought it was going to be a fling, and, but then he started to develop other ideas, and uh, next thing you so, know.
1: So, yeah, what happened is that he moved back up here, and... We still kept seeing each other. Like, he would come and visit me in the city. Whenever I could get some time off, which was not a lot, I would come up here and visit him. One day I decided uh, that, okay, I'm not going to carry on with my dance school anymore because it was really expensive. And uh, I wasn't getting what I actually wanted from the course. So I told him that, okay, I, I'm going to quit my my course. And he was like, okay, what does that mean? I was like, oh, I have to go back to India, probably. And he was, no, he was like, no, we'll get married. I was like, oh, okay. But because we'd never spoken about any of that. So I was just like, okay, you know, I'm not even going. I didn't even bring it up again after that, because I thought he just sort of got carried away in the moment and said it. (laughs) And I didn't want to hold him to that. But then one day he had come to visit me again in the city. He just literally just point blank asked me, he said, so are we getting married or what? That was my proposal. <laughs> so
2: romantic. Right?
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, you were serious? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, I guess, you know, let's do this. <laughs> oh, that's nice.
2: So you fell in love, and mm-hmm. then you also got the opportunity to fall in love with the Catskills.
1: Yes. I would come and visit him every now and then. first time I came here was uh, during my Christmas break. So this place was completely covered in snow Mm. and there was like a snowstorm the day we got here and everything. And it was kind of nice because in the city, I'd only had one winter before that in the city, but it doesn't snow the same way as it does up here. Mm -hmm. So just like even like jumping into the snow and everything was a lot of fun for me. When I actually really enjoyed the Catskills, I guess would be in the summer. Because we live on a lake, and the best thing to be right next to a water body in the summer.
2: You moved up here after you got married, but you were still dancing in the city. So that must have been a bit stressful. You had to go back and forth. But one could say that you were experiencing the best of both worlds.
1: I was experiencing the best of both worlds because I was doing my dancing. And I was at all my rehearsals and all my performances and you get the city life as well. And then when I wasn't doing that, I used to just come home, relax, sit by the lake, drink some tea by the lake, go into the lake, take the canoe to the lake, you know, yeah. and just those kind of things. And it was it was it was a nice life. I actually kind of enjoyed the craziness of the city and the calmness of being up here. Yeah,
2: what a great contrast. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to go off topic for a minute because I, I'm curious. I always assume that when you married an American, boom, you got you got your green card and no problem. Oh, you're off. No,
1: no, no, no. It's a difficult, difficult process. It took us a long time f- for me to get my green card. Not only that, firstly, there's so much paperwork you have to do. It's also a very confusing system to sort of maneuver. Luckily, we had a family friend of his who was a lawyer who was trying to help us a little bit. He could only help us when he had time as well. So it took us a long time. So while that whole time I was waiting for my green card, I couldn't go back home to India. So I couldn't go meet, meet my family for a long time. And then I got my, they call it the temporary green card, which is only valid for two years. And after that, you get your permanent green card.
2: Mm -hmm. So are you completing paperwork in that two years or it's all done already? So
1: it's all done first for the two years. About six months before your two years expires, you need to start working again on more paperwork for your continuation. Not only that, after my green card expired, they didn't send me another green card. They sent an extension for a year. Uh, now, in that extension, I can travel, I can work, but one thing that I could not do is the DMV did not accept that paper. Oh, you couldn't <laughs> this get said, a license? I couldn't get a license. Oh. So I had to rely on my husband to drive me around everywhere. It was pretty rough. He has his music and his bands and all of those things that he had to do. Let's say his name. Simon. Simon. Simon Efren.
2: Efren. Because we keep saying he hey, and him yeah. and your husband. <laughs> but Simon Efren Simon Efren and he's yep. a musician he's, he's well a musician. known up here
1: yeah mm-hmm. he has a couple of bands he's had a few bands in the past as well right now he has two bands that he works with one is called the Electric Cards and the other one is Captain Magic both are amazing bands it's all original work One, they have like a few covers that they do but it's all original work mostly and they perform all over the county
2: oh that's great so it's nice yeah this will be a good time to take a break. All right. Let's and do And we'll come back right after. This is Catskill Character on WJFF Radio Catskill, and I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg. And my guest today is Sahiba Aliwalia, a jazz and contemporary trained dancer originally from India, now resident of the Catskills. We'll be back in a moment with more of her story, so stay tuned. virus has led to the cancellation of North American tours by a number of British and Irish folk singers and bands. I'll be featuring the bands whose North American tours were cancelled on The Wagon Loon of Monkeys with me, Graham Rice, Sunday at 12 noon. Welcome back to Catskill Character. I'm Donna Fellenberg, and my guest today is Sahiba Aliwalia sahiba is a highly trained jazz and contemporary dancer from india her father was in the army and the family was stationed in many different parts of the country as she was growing up sahiba came to the united states to dance and study in new york city she had a summer fling with a boy next door when she lived in new jersey for a time and that turned into something much bigger and she married musician simon efren whose father had a summer cottage in Loch sheldrake Life takes unexpected turns and Sahiba has had several, but she's faced every challenge undaunted. Let's get back to her story. Sahiba, before the break, you told us about getting married and being introduced to the Catskills and it looked like a beautiful new chapter in your life, but it took a sudden and pretty horrible turn.
1: Yes, I would say that. Um, So in the summer of 2015, I actually felt a lump in my breast. And it's one of those things I completely, you know, you find something on your body you don't think it's actually going to be what you think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're just like, oh, whatever. There's something Especially here. in your 20s. Especially in my 20s. Uh, it was like a little bit like, okay, it's something there. Maybe I should get it checked up. But it's one of those things with life as it is, and me being a dancer and just going back and forth from the city and all the shows that I did, I just, it's something that completely slipped my mind that I have to get this thing checked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to India in uh, 2016, January. I had gone to visit my family. I was, uh, you know, having fun with my family. And I was driving to some place with my mother in Delhi and I saw a billboard uh, for a mammogram. And then I suddenly remembered that, oh, I have this little lump that I think I should get checked out. And went to a doctor, got it checked out. They said, okay, you might need another test. Go get that test done. So you got that test done. They're like, okay, now let's try a different test. So you get that test done. You get Mm. a bunch of different, different tests. And it turned out that I had breast cancer. They took out the lump. Luckily, I didn't have to get a mastectomy. I got to keep my breasts. I had another surgery under the armpit. It's called axilla dissection, where they take out a a few lymph nodes and test them to make sure there's no cancer cells in the lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. Because if it's in the lymph nodes, there's a chance it could be somewhere else in the body as well. Luckily, my lymph nodes... Came out clear. So the cancer was just in the breast, mm-hmm. just in the tumor. And my surgeon, what he told me is that he took out more tissue than was required just so that he could make sure there was all the margins were clear. Basically, that nothing was touching the tumor was actually remaining in the breast. So he did that. And yeah, so and I had to do the whole chemo, radiation. Whole, the whole thing, hmm. I'm still taking med- medications for that. I'm on hormone therapy right now because of that. And that's how life, you know, where life took me. So what did
2: you do to manage the treatment?
1: So when I started off the treatment, it gets bad pretty quick. You would think just one chemo is not going to make, you know, your hair fall off. Or one you know, chemo is not going to make you sick like that. But it does. Just the first chemo itself. I remember actually I was at the hospital. I was uh, about to be administered with the chemo. And this lady was uh, making the rounds in the hospital. She was a cancer survivor herself. So she used to just come there and speak to the people who were going through the treatment. And I guess I just looked like this... I had all my hair at the time. And I just looked, I guess, like a happy person. And she just was kind of drawn to me. And she came up and started talking to me. And she told me, the first thing she told me was, cut your hair. Because having that long hair fall off, she said, is really difficult. Just cut it really short. And then when it falls off, it falls off. Mm -hmm. So right after I did my first round of chemo, I went home and I chopped off all my hair. But I was okay with that. Even when I was younger, a lot of times I would have short hair. Uh, it just worked for my dancing to have that little short hair, like a pixie cut, because all the other girls wanted long hair. And I was like, nah, I want to be different. <laughs> so I was used to that kind of hairstyle. but So I cut my hair, and literally a few days later, it's just started to fall off. I woke up in the morning, and there was just hair all over my pillow. And then I was like, okay, I guess it's just time to shave it off. And just I went to the bathroom, just shaved it all off.
2: And when did you start doing yoga intensely?
1: Being a dancer, I am used to moving around a lot. And for me, during chemo, just not not moving, just sitting in bed listlessly all day was kind of getting me slightly depressed. We got somebody to come home, And he used to do, I wanted just a yoga class, but he was more of a fitness guy. So he was trying to force me into that. So, well, he was okay for some time and I did that. And then my body was more weak, so I couldn't do what he was trying to get me to do. But luckily, about 10 minutes from my parents' place in Delhi, there was a Shivananda Yoga Center. We have an ashram here also, the Shivananda Ashram. It's a beautiful place. I had gone to the yoga center in Delhi and I asked them, if they had somebody who could come home. He said, yeah, they could do that. But it would be better for me to come there. Because at your home, you're at your home. Your mind doesn't fully tell you, okay, this is a time for me right now. If you go to a different space, it'll tell you, okay, this is my time right now. This is for my yoga. This is for my mental health, for my physical health. But the problem with while you're going through chemo is your immunity is practically zero so you can't be in a room with a lot of other people so because they had morning and evening classes over there i told him i said i can't do that so they actually had me do private classes they would do it for me at the yoga center Ah. at the shivananda yoga center i'm actually so grateful for them because i even told them that listen i am going through all this right now i'm not making much money they said that does not matter my sister used to drive me there and drive me back They used to just let her do the class for free with me. It just felt like they understood what I was going through, maybe. Uh, Or maybe even if they did not understand what I was going through, they decided that this is yoga and this is for everybody. And that really changed how I thought about yoga. And once I started doing that, after the first class itself, I felt amazing. I felt fantastic. I went back home and I was happy the rest of the day.
2: Which and, was not what was going on before that. Which was that. not
1: what was going on before mm-hmm. that. You know, I was just like in bed doing nothing. And they they were giving me classes only, I think, three times a week. And the rest of the time, I used to just do my own yoga because I loved the idea of how it felt afterwards. So I used to just do it in my room myself, close the door and not have anybody come in and just do that. And then that just sort of built my practice up. As soon as I was better, once I was done with the chemo, once I was done with the radiation, once I was done with all of that, I decided I want to become a yoga instructor. Because the amount that they helped me, I don't even think they realized how much they helped me, actually. I just loved that idea of, it's a healthy thing. You know, there are so many jobs in, the, in this world that, you know, you, everyone needs a job. But my job is actually to sort of take care of people. Mm. in the class so you know? you're,
2: you're giving back for all that you got
1: i i i try i try <laughs> yeah so yeah i went to the shivananda ashram in india to do my first training i haven't stopped then i've mm-hmm. done training after training after training to try and get myself to be a better teacher luckily i already had the skills of teaching because of my dance career That's right. i taught for years i thought ta- i started teaching like literally i started assisting classes literally out, out after high, high school so my classes when i'm teaching a dance class and when i'm teaching a yoga class are completely different in your dance class you have to be very high energy and you have to make sure you sort of lift the whole class up with mm. your energy but when you're doing a yoga class you have to have different energy completely but i it was very easy for me to transition from my dance, uh, teaching to my yoga teaching. What do
2: you think would be the perfect job for you now?
1: Okay. So the perfect job for me right now, I actually already have it. <laughs> oh, great. So, uh, I work with, uh, Foster Supply Hospitality. They have a bunch of inns and hotels and restaurants. We're actually opening a new one in Canoza Lake. It's called Kinoza Hall. So I'm the wellness coordinator or director of wellness programming for that center and for foster supply in general. And um, once the place opens up, I'm going to be teaching a lot of yoga classes, aerial yoga classes, um, Pilates, dance classes, breath work, meditation, meditation, and I couldn't ask for anything better.
2: That's fantastic. So it's kind of melding all of your different skills mm-hmm. into one job.
1: Exactly. Oh, that's These great. are all wellness-related things. Even dance is wellness-related. You know, it's, a, it's an exercise. Mm-hmm. Wellness, there are two, three different ways of approaching wellness. One is through exercise. One is through nutrition. One is through mental health. I chose exercise and that aspect of wellness, which actually helps with even your mental state so technically i guess the two sides of right. <laughs> the ones that i'm using yeah
2: life is full of surprises and you're the perfect example of someone who's been open to rolling with the flow just like the delaware river here mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining me today Sahiba. thank you for having me i really enjoyed speaking
1: with you me too <laughs>
2: This has been Catskill Character with today's guest, dancer and yoga instructor, Sahiba Alivalia. Catskill Character is on all but the last Saturday of the month at 1130, right after Rosie Star's Farming Country. Greg Triggs Travels with Triggs is on the last Saturday of the month. I hope you'll tune in on Saturdays at this time for more stories of characters of the Catskills. I'm Donna Fellenberg. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Support comes from The Calicoon Theater, an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at www.thecalicoontheater.com. Support comes from Two Queens, offering fresh roasted coffee, fine teas, and local honey. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. Coffee, tea, and bees. TwoQueensHoney.com.
2: The coronavirus is now in all 50 states and America